0: and it's by the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. So Father, we just thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we call upon you today. We thank you that we can have freedom, that we're not in bondage because Lord of what you have done on the cross for us. We have relationship with you. We can have freedom in you. The storms in our life could rage, but Father, we can be anchored to you jesus so father we just thank you for that we praise you for that as a church we thank you as a community of believers we thank you and i pray that that's our heart and our and our prayer this morning would be that we have more of that the truth that your word brings us lord in the name of jesus we have power and strength and so, Father, we just claim that this morning at Cross Point Church in Canton, Ohio. We claim it for our families. We claim it for ourselves. We claim it for our friends. We claim it for our community. We claim it for our nation, and we claim it for you and the world, Lord. We claim Jesus, and we speak the name of Jesus into the things that are happening around us. Lord, I just pray. Bring a new, fresh and anointing. Lord, like that song we sang, the new, the new wine. Lord, we don't want old flames. We don't want dry, old. Lord, we want new and fresh of your Spirit's anointing. Lord, there's some, there's some things happening in our world that we need you and we see you moving and we pray for it here. And we pray for it in hearts and minds right here. So Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us that you're here in this building you're Lord with those that are joining us online and in, in whatever way that they're worshiping with us Lord in one spirit I just thank you Lord because you're here you're present and so Lord let us just have this time where we worship you where we hear from your word and we just pray your blessing upon today's service and, and our days and our weeks to come Lord we just give it to you this morning we praise you. We ask it in the precious and holy name of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, are you, are you happy that you're in God's house this morning? Come on, give him praise. I would just encourage you to take a few moments, just greet one another, say hi to those that maybe you haven't seen for a little bit, and just love on them just a few seconds here. good morning. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm not Pastor Brad. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you he heard that or not, but no. So I'm not going to say it from the mic and from the pulpit, so we'll just say amen, right? So, well, it's so good to have you joining us this morning, like I said, in the house of the Lord. It's so you know, we always send out those text reminders coming up, like, hey, we're excited to see you. And I, I think it's really true that we're so excited to have you in the house of the Lord. I, I really, I understand, you know, those of us that are joining online, and, and certainly that's sometimes a matter of convenience or sometimes preference, but not for me. I, I just love being in the house of the Lord, amen, just to see the people to greet one another, to encourage and uplift one another. So, again, I just wanted to greet you. I wanted to greet those that are joining us online, and, and, and certainly I just want to encourage, if you are using any streaming platform, specifically Facebook, I think it's at the bottom right corner, if you're if you're joining us, you can share that. Share that link out, and, and it'll pop up on your news feed so that you can share that with whomever you are friends with, following, whatnot, and to show them that, that you are a part and you are engaged in this ministry here at Crosspoint Church, and certainly I would encourage each of us that if you're on Facebook, if you like technology, you know, I know that that's a mixed crowd sometimes, but just I would encourage you to always check in and always like uh, our Facebook page because it really helps us, and um, certainly my wife who does some of the social media stuff here, she can attest to, like, she can see that increasing, so we're really happy with that, so just an encouragement as we say welcome this morning and certainly I would ask for some grace for us because we're not used to doing this especially for Christine over here and I and I and I need to actually I didn't introduce myself so ah, man, that was. so if you if you've ever come on Monday nights we my wife and I would do celebrate recovery and one of the things that I have up here on the podium is a little sticker that says introduce yourself I don't have that this morning so I've already messed up so little grace let me introduce myself my name is mike and i have the privilege of serving here um, as the campus pastor for monday nights we call it journey night here for celebrate recovery and, and I, I just serve alongside my wife and we're so thankful and we're so happy that we can you be used in this capacity so all right where are we at christine where am i at
1: welcome visitors <laughs> i'm christine i'm pastor christine i'm on staff here as well with my husband we, like he said do the campus um for the table community dinner uh, if you are a visitor with us today, or if it's your first time back in a long time, we would love to get to know you, so please fill out one of the VIP cards in the seat back pocket in front of you, or you can stop by the Welcome Center afterwards and pick up a beautiful first-time visitor packet. It has a Chick-fil-A gift card, so we can kind of take you out to lunch, but not today, because they're closed on Sundays. Um, some candy and some other awesome stuff in there, so please, if you're visiting with us, pick one up, turn in your VIP Connect card, and let us know that you're here. And if you're looking for a church to attend, you found one. So please prayerfully consider joining us. We would love to have you be a part of our body.
0: One of the things that we see in Scripture is really kind of the the obedience that, that God gives us as far as our tithes and our offerings. And so I just want to highlight a few things. And I, again, I'm going to use my notes because there's a lot of stuff right here. So we have four ways to give here at Cross Point Church. One could be if, if again, if you're online and you're joining us, if you go to our website, that's church. right? This is why I have notes, folks. church. You can do that. You'll just follow all the prompts. It's really easy. Uh, you can also download the Church Center app. Uh, if you're um, if you're not really tech-savvy, I would encourage you to talk to my wife um, because she is and she makes me and puts me to shame in that way. But you can do that as well. You can give right on the app. It's really easy, actually. Once you got it, it's really simple. You can also text to give. And if you just text the dollar amount to 84321, 84321, you can text whatever, again, what's, whatever the Lord's leading you on, on your heart. You can text that, and then we also have what most of you probably grown up with, and that is just maybe like giving stations or the offering plate to be passed around, right? You remember those days, right? So, uh, back at the back of the room, we actually have some giving stations, and so please feel free. Uh, if, if any of those, if you have any issues with the tech stuff, please let us know. Reach out to us, and we'll do our best to help you in that way.
1: If you would like to know about upcoming events or be in the know if we're canceling because of weather or something like that, uh, please know that we have text, a text alert system. So all you have to do is text CP Church all one word, to 24251, and if you're not sure how to do that, find one of us that know how to do that, and we would be happy to help you. You could probably stop at the Welcome Center, and they'd be happy to help you, um, or a plug for... Uh, John dorms class on Wednesday nights. He's teaching people how to do technical stuff on their phones and computers So come on Wednesday night and find out how to do it uh, Today after the service there is a meeting in classroom three for the Easter egg extravaganza, which is coming up on Saturday April 8th So if you would like to help in any capacity with the Easter egg hunt or you're just wondering what's going to happen that day. Come and find out more information right after the service in classroom number three down the hallway, follow the signs, and you'll find out more information.
0: Uh, a lot of kids is what's going to happen. Yeah, a lot of it's kids. A lot of kids. Is was anybody here can- last candy, year for that? Candy, sugar. It was a pretty egg. awesome time. We had a great turnout. So really, let us encourage you. It, it, uh, Pastor Amber does a great job with that, and we want to help in any way we can, and we're a we're a serving church. I don't know if you know this or not, but Crosspoint has a great reputation for service and so I just encourage you to to get plugged in and, and one way we can do that is to reach our community and something as simple as just participating and there's a ton of different ways i don't know pastor amber is going to share all that so after the service today mm-hmm. classroom three
1: yeah and even if you're not physically able to come you can fill eggs with candy you can buy candy to fill the eggs there's all sorts of things you can do regardless of you know what you're able to do um Tomorrow, Monday, is Journey Night, A Better Way to a Better Life. Mm-hmm. We have a lot going on in the building. Um, shameless plugs for us because this is where we serve the most it's on Monday nights. Um, the table, which is a community dinner for anyone who would like to attend, it's free uh, donation dinner at 6 o'clock. Um, following that at 6.45, the youth begin to meet and they end at 8 and then they have an activity hour yep. at 8 o'clock in the gym. Eight to nine. So, so, 6.45 to 9 if they stay for the activity hour. Celebrate Recovery starts at 7 p.m. It's for any hurt, hang-up, or habit that you might have. It's not just for people with chemical dependency issues. If you struggle with anger, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with...
0: Fill in the blank.
1: Forgetfulness like me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fill in the blank. It's for you.
0: Will you be there tomorrow? I will okay. be there tomorrow. Alright. Don't forget. I won't forget. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. So it's
1: for you. It's for anyone. So please come and check it out, even if you're just curious. Grief Share starts at 7.30. That's right. uh, so you can come for dinner, stay for worship, go to Grief Share at 7.30. Um, and we would just love to have you. It's such a great family atmosphere, and we love it.
0: There's a lot of moving parts on Monday, and we're so. By the and way, there's
1: childcare for yes, all ages. Childcare, so but don't let's, let's, let's that, also we'll I just
0: want to say from the call, but thank you to each and every person who helps on Monday nights, from again childcare to the table and cooking to our security that meets on Monday nights to Pastor Amber who does our our it's called the uh, Celebration Place, which is our curriculum for kids through Celebrate Recovery, um, uh, LG and, and Mike Poling doing the youth, and folks, we got a lot of moving parts on Monday, and we could not do that but with the support with everyone who volunteers, so thank you. If you're in the building today, and if you're online, if you're hearing me, thank you, and we always are looking for more people to help with that, so if again, if the Lord lays that on your heart, come talk to us. We'd love to put you in some spaces where you can be blessed, and then you can bless others. I mean, it, it's really, there's a lot, like I said, a lot of moving parts. So, is it Mina? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> so, that was Monday night. Now, Tuesday, here's the thing. We're a multi-site church, and, and we have something called the Table in Minerva. And Pastor Michaela uh, pastors that, and we're so excited for that. So, that's happening on Tuesday. But it's, there's a lot happening on Tuesday. So, at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, we're actually going to meet here and we're going to prepare food, and we're going to pack that to distribute when we're down at Minerva uh, later that evening. So uh, if you are needing or if you are wanting to help, I should say, um, we would encourage you, because that's something that would be extremely helpful for Pastor David, for Pastor Robin in that way. So uh, food packing will be here at main campus at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. 6 p.m. is the table at Minerva, and they start at 6, and they serve a wonderful meal. And again, I can't speak highly enough of all of the ladies and all of the volunteers that help both at Monday and at Tuesday down at Minerva. That food is delicious. So we thank you for that. So that's 6 p.m. And then 7 o'clock starts the the, the, food, the food distribution. So, again, we need volunteers for that. We need help, right? We, we can't do it without hands and feet. How many know that God has given you hands and feet, right? If you didn't raise your hand, I want you to raise your hand just to make sure that you are aware that you have a hand. Okay? Come to celebrate right.
1: recovery and we'll show you I where I see that hands and feet one.
0: Feet okay. Uh, so, so hands and feet, right? We're meant to – we've been uh, – we've been called to serve and so again i just would encourage you if that's something that you feel like the lord's leading you we need help throughout that day for each uh point throughout that day for 1 p.m 6 p.m and 7 p.m and i think I, i'm rambling on so help me out
1: wednesday it's a busy week monday tuesday wednesday friday is our week this week uh wednesday night we have family night at 7 p.m there are classes for all ages small groups that you can join um the small groups are listed on the back of your bulletin, I believe, but you can also find them in the Church Center app. So if you don't have the app, you can download the app, you can browse all the groups, you can see when they meet, you can see if it's canceled, you can chat within your group. You
0: can see like what it is and yeah, like a you can description, see all sorts of who's stuff. teaching it maybe.
1: Um, I don't think I have that listed, okay, but, sorry. but I could. I mean, I could put that Okay. Away. <laughs> um Anyway, so another plug for the Church Center app. Download it. You can see all the small groups on there.
0: It's really, Wednesday night's really kind of a growth night, right? So, like, again, furthering our, understanding our knowledge and working in our, uh, call sanctification, right? So Friday, here we go, Friday. This is a busy week. Friday, we get to the Hope House, uh, just north here on, on North Market. We have Fireside Friday from, uh, at, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, we would encourage you to bring a friend. Um, bring a friend and, and share some good food and probably some delicious desserts. And if, if Danny's going to be there, uh, how many know Danny likes desserts? And so I'm sure that Danny will be making sure that, that you get a good dessert. So the last thing I want to make sure that we understand and uh, give, a, give a shout out to is on Sunday, March 5th, it's coming up in just, what, two weeks, two weeks we have our annual business meeting uh, right after our morning service now we're going to be eating correct um, um, yes we're going to be eating and so the
1: meeting will be in the family life center
0: yes so we're going to go out the doors and go all the way down the hallway to the, the graver family life center so we're going to have that food and everything in there so here's what we need from you well number one your attendance number two we need your attendance with an accompaniment of a dessert please Okay, and Bakers, you know who you are in this church, so I'm depending upon you to provide some things for us. So we need a dessert. Uh, food will be provided. We're excited for that. So be be in prayer for our business meeting. As in the next couple weeks, we'll start to see some of the things, uh, announcements, and, and some more information about that as far as uh, people that the, the nominated committee and, and those that are running for the board. So we would ask that you would be prayerfully considering those things. Start now, okay? I think that's it. Are we done? As
1: always, check your bulletin because there are probably some announcements in there that we did not cover. So please check your bulletin. And now, okay, are we
0: are we done? We're done. Okay, just because I was, I didn't know if. We, yeah. This is like Abbott and Costello sometimes. I feel like so. Uh, well, God bless. We're so thankful uh, to have you in the house of the Lord, and we're excited to see what Pastor Dave brings us. Amen. 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 God bless.
2: Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Mike, Pastor Christine. They do an awesome job. We are blessed with the pastor and the, the staff that we have here at Cross Point Church. And uh, I, too, am not Pastor Brad. But Pastor Brad and, and Nicole are enjoying some great time away. Uh, I believe Pastor Brad is playing baseball, so you know he's happy. And, uh, but uh, we're just praying that they come back refreshed and renewed, and uh, it's, good, it's good for leadership to get away to rest, and uh, we're believing that that's going to be a tremendous benefit to our pastor and his wife. Praise God. Well, it's good to uh, be here. It's uh, a privilege and an honor to share the Word of God with you today. I'm humbled by the trust and the opportunity to fill this pulpit and to bring the word to people who we dearly love and we dearly care about. Today, if you uh, have your Bibles with you or you have your phone, your tablet, whatever you're using as your Bible these days, if you would open it up to the book of First Peter, the book of first peter chapter 1 and while you're you're getting there and and opening that on your on your apps if if you could just hold up your copy of God's word maybe for some of you it's like holding up your phone i don't know if you want to turn the flashlight on and wave it around we can pretend like we're at a concert or something there we go i want you to Declare something with me today. I want you to say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God's Word. I believe it not only contains truth. I believe it is truth. And it's my all-sufficient guide for faith and daily living. Amen. Pray with me. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of learning from, benefiting from, and growing in your word. It's truth. And Lord, I pray that it's truth would impact our lives today in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. 1 Peter chapter 1, when the pastor asked me to fill the pulpit today, he, I immediately began to pray, because how many of you know it's important that a pastor or a preacher is led by the Spirit in what to share for the people? And I immediately began to pray, and the Lord led me to this passage of, of Scripture it's one that that I have loved for for years. It was uh, I was a freshman in Bible college, and my first Bible class I had Dr. Leroy Bartell, uh, powerful, powerful man of God, and and he assigned this passage that we're going to look at today for our first assignment, and it radically changed my life. I Fell in love with God's word. It's powerful. It's a powerful passage. It's it's not an extremely long passage, but how many of you know? Sometimes powerful and great things come in very small packages. And we're going to unpack a lot of things from God's word today. First Peter chapter one. And this message, I'm just calling it the necessity of opposition the necessity of opposition now most of us if i ask for a show of hands i'm not you know rhetorical question here how many of us would say i like opposition most of us we don't like opposition most of us will will pray a prayer when we're in opposition and here's how that prayer goes god get me out of this right we don't like opposition but I want to talk to you today about the necessity of opposition because opposition is a necessity in the Christian's life. The thought goes like this. Our greatest opportunities are often disguised as our greatest opposition. Our greatest opportunities are often disguised as our greatest opposition. Look with me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. For those of you who may be interested, that's modern-day Turkey. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So in these two verses, we have Peter opening his letter to the early church. And he's talking about these people that are living as foreigners. And there's a reason they're living as foreigners. They are enduring great opposition. And I'll define opposition today. We can call it the trials of life. We can call it the attacks of the enemy. We can call it mistreatment by man because of one's faith. Those things are opposition. And these people that, that Peter's writing to, they're living as foreigners because of the persecution and the opposition that they're facing as Christians. They're being pushed out of their homes. They're being pushed north into these provinces, these Roman provinces. And they're having to endure uh, horrific things. And it seems like a very negative thing that's happening. And, and in a lot of ways it is. They're fleeing persecution. They're uprooted from their home. They're enduring horrific losses of, of life and family members. They're enduring economic hardship. That's why Peter closes his introduction by saying, May God give you more and more grace and peace. How many of you, if you're facing opposition, you want more and more of God's grace and peace? This sounds so negative, but but it actually has a positive angle as well. You see, with persecution and opposition comes a desperate dependence on God through the Holy Spirit. These early Christians, they were desperately dependent on God. Their prayers were fervent. I don't think they woke up their day saying, God, give us a good day. Amen. Their prayers were, God, give us the strength. Give us the power to endure today. Watch over us. Protect us. God, we can't do this without you. Their prayers were intense. Their prayer meetings were legendary. but because their prayers were intense and they were so desperately dependent. We don't understand that word desperate. If if we were, let's, let's all pretend that this is summer. That's a nice thing to pretend, right? Let's pretend this is summer and we're going to a swimming pool and we all get in this pool and all of a sudden I grab you and I hold you under. It's not going to take long be- before you're going to become Desperate for something. Air. This is the same desperation. They were desperately dependent on God. Desperately dependent on His Holy Spirit. Because they didn't know if they were going to live. The persecution, the opposition was so bad. So they intensified their prayer. And as they intensified their prayer, as they desperately relied on the Holy Spirit, God started doing incredible things, miraculous provision, supernatural occurrences, resulting in so many Gentiles coming to know Jesus. They came in great number. And all through that province, all through modern-day Turkey, house churches began to spring up as more and more Christians, as God added to their number daily. The church was growing faster than it has ever grown because of their desperation and their total dependence on God. All throughout Asia and parts of Europe, these churches would spring up. And Peter's writing to them and he's saying, I know you're going through tough stuff. I know you're enduring all this opposition. And he's encouraging them. He's asking God, give them grace. Give them peace. A couple hundred years later, a new Caesar came into power. His name was Constantine. Now, he's far better than the old Caesars, Caesar's Nero, Caesar's Domination. They were brutal in their actions against Christians. We'll talk about that a little later. But this new Caesar came into power, Constantine. And this new Peter, or new, new emperor, new, new uh, uh, Caesar, he found Jesus. Or Jesus found him. And he made Christianity the religion of the land. And you say that's, that's pretty good because the persecution diminished greatly, but also so did the dependence on God's Holy Spirit. It decreased greatly. The prayer decreased greatly the church growth decreased greatly. And when Constantine made Christianity the religion of the, of the empire, you had to be a Christian to sell goods. So you had people say, yeah, I'm a Christian because I want to make a living. So what they ended up with was a with a very weak church with people who were Christian in name only. This is the context that Peter's writing to. These Christians endured so much. And we still have people around the world enduring much for the cause of Christ, for their faith. I know a man, he goes to Alliance, the First Assembly of God. I knew him as I was growing up because we attended the same church. And his name's Leo. And Leo's a short guy. He's, I mean, he's shorter than I am. I'm not very tall, but he, he's shorter than I am, so he's, he's short. But he is a giant of the faith. Leo worked his entire life at Lordstown GM the GM plant and Leo lived out his faith boldly he would go in and when he had opportunity on breaks and, and different times he would share his faith with, with those around him and a lot of those workers that he worked with they didn't want to hear about Leo's faith and Leo would testify again and again how he was sharing his faith and the workers around him would push him down he'd be carrying something by a worker they'd stick out their leg and trip him they would spit on him they would curse at him but decade after decade Leo continued working to make a living But his mission and what Pastor Brad preached last week his mission was those men and women that he worked beside. And after decades of sharing his faith, after decades of enduring the opposition, he led every single one of those workers to Jesus. Do we have that kind of determination? Do we have that kind of strength to stand under that much opposition for decades to see people come to Jesus. How many opportunities do we miss because the opportunity looks like opposition? I would suggest today, many. Many. Now you may be thinking, P.D. That's the nickname I have, Pastor Dave. P.D. P.D. I, I know it could be my, my greatest opportunity, but opposition is scary for me. Guess what? It's scary for me too. And we're in good company. It was scary, scary for the early church. But Peter makes an incredible point in verses 3 and 4. And he states a thought. It goes like this. He said, we can face our greatest opposition with our greatest hope. We can face our greatest opposition with our greatest hope. Verses 3 and 4 says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. the same power. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. You see, because of that intense persecution the early church was experiencing, because of the devastating losses, because of all these things that they had to endure, Peter wanted to focus the early church's attention not on the circumstance. He wanted to focus their attention on the things that were eternal, the things that were kept in heaven for us, for them. He wanted to get their attention away from, from temporal things onto eternal things. He wanted to show how anything on this earth pales in comparison to our eternal reward. Someone made a comment to me one time saying how, how grateful Robin and I must be for our home. Because we lost a home in a fire. And we are grateful. We're thankful for God's provision. But what we learn most, what we learn most through that, what we realized is how fragile earthly things are. They're fragile. They can be here today, gone tomorrow. Houses, jobs, material possessions, the things we devote most of our lives to acquiring and maintaining be gone in just a few minutes and that fact doesn't apply to just things a loved one can be here today and they can be gone tomorrow and I'm not saying that to be cruel or saying that because I don't know anything about that I know what that fact is we've lived that fact Like the scattered recipients of Peter's letter, we seldom have control over the losses in our life. But there is something, there is something that as Christians, you and I can never have taken away from us. We can abandon it, but we can never have it taken away from us. And that something is our faith faith. It cannot be taken away from us. And that's what Peter is talking to this yearly church about. Are we consumed with acquiring and maintaining what can be taken from us in this earthly life? What cannot follow us into eternity? See, I, I love this, this verse because apparently Peter was paying attention in, in church. Peter was paying attention during the Sermon on the Mount. Because during, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said... Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Peter was paying attention because he's reiterating Jesus' words in this passage. See, investing our time and resources in that which builds our faith, spending our time spending our, our resources on things that build up our faith, that encourage our faith, that cause our faith to be strengthened, that cause our faith to grow, is important. Because the amount of our faith determines the amount of our protection during opposition. The amount of our faith determines the amount of our protection when we face opposition. Look at verse 5 with me. And through your faith, you see it? And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. As believers, our faith protects us through God's power in three different ways. Three ways. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul describes our faith as a shield. It protects us against the enemy's fiery darts, the enemy's attacks. faith is a shield. Another way, God's power and protection in our lives is not automatic. It is attracted and activated by our faith. God's power is activated in our lives by our faith. The third way, God's ultimate protection is salvation through Jesus protecting us from being eternally lost. The PD, how do you know that? Let's see if you can finish this sentence. By grace are you saved through faith. Our faith activates. How many of you have watched The, the Chosen? I'm not going to do too much of a spoiler here, I'm just going to talk about one episode. There's this episode where the actor, actress that's playing the woman with the issue of blood. She is enduring opposition, she's enduring physical opposition because she has this disease. She's enduring cultural opposition because the, the Jewish uh, community had very strict rules about someone with that condition. She's enduring spiritual opposition because of those rules caused her to be at odds with the spiritual leaders of the day. So she's living this horrific life. And she's struggling physically, culturally, spiritually and she hears about Jesus and she hears about how he can heal how he can free people and she says if I can only touch the bottom of his clothes if I can only touch the bottom of his clothes I can be healed and so the scene has it, she's pushing through this crowd and she's, she's basically down on her, her hands and knees crawling through this crowd and she reaches out and she touches the bottom of Jesus' robe. And the actor playing Jesus, he, he stops and he turns around and he says, Who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, Dude, this, this crowd's huge. Everyone's touching you. He says, no, somebody touched me because I felt healing power go out from me. And he turns and he sees this woman. And what he says to her, he says, daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Her faith activated God's power in her life faith. Then he goes on in the in the scene he goes on to heal or to raise Jairus' daughter from, from the dead. And he tells Jairus your faith your faith activated God's power. The amount of faith we have plays a great role in our protection when facing opposition. Do you have a little faith or do you have a lot of faith? Do you carry a little shield or do you carry a big shield? I can't speak for all of you, but I can speak for myself. When it comes to my faith, I want a big shield. I want a big shield when the attacks come, when the opposition comes, I want a shield that I can get behind. That will help me stand through that opposition. That shield is our faith. We would do well to have an abundance of faith and carry a big shield because our faith will be tested. Our faith will be tested. God intends this the thought goes like this opposition refines our faith opposition refines our faith verses 6 and 7 so be truly glad be happy you know it, it's, it's like Peter's writing uh, a first line of a Bobby McFerrin song don't worry be happy But the irony is, is he's writing this to Christians who are suffering, who are facing losses, who are facing great opposition. And he's saying, don't worry. Be happy. Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must, you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold through your faith though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. See Peter knew the opposition that the early church was facing he knew some of these oppositions they were being beaten their houses were being burned believers were being refused work and the opportunity to make a living husbands and fathers were dragged from their homes they were imprisoned, they were killed crucifixions were happening with increasing in regularity Believers were being fed to lions as a spectator sport. Children were removed from the homes and enslaved. That's opposition. How many of you know that we don't really understand opposition like that? We don't fully understand that. And Peter's tell them, be happy, even though you're facing all these things. All those things were and more were endured, endured by the early church. And Peter wrote his first letter to tell the church that opposition was not only to be expected, but that it had purpose in their lives. It had purpose in their lives. And that refinement of the believer's faith was worth it. Let me give you two illustrations this morning. In the late 80s and early 90s, there was this scientific experiment uh, by the University of Arizona, obviously in Arizona, in the desert. It was called Biosphere. And they built this, this gigantic, basically, greenhouse it was a dome. And they had everything controlled. The water was filtered and purified and, and was, had nutrients. And, and the light was filtered so the plants in the dome would get the right amount of, of sunlight. And the air was, was purified. So it was perfect growing conditions. Perfect living conditions for plants, for people. So they thought. And people would live there for months at a time, and they'd kind of rotate out. But there were a couple things that went wrong. One of those things, they had a problem with the trees. The dome was big, and it was had it was like four acres, and they had it was high enough that they could grow trees. But the trees would never reach their full height because before they could reach their full height, they would just fall over. Just just fall over in a perfect environment. And it baffled the scientists. They thought for about a year, why is this happening? And then it dawned on one of the scientists, we did not introduce wind, wind into the biosphere. You see, trees need the opposition of wind. Wind in order to grow their roots deep, and in order to grow a more stronger fiber in their trunks. Wind helps a tree be stronger. Opposition helps a tree be stronger. Another illustration is found in the text. Peter, he refers to the, to the many trials and being tested like, like gold is tested in a fire, and refined in a fire. If you know anything about working with fine metal, the goldsmiths and the silversmiths, they, they will stand over the fire and during the heat. And they will watch that molten metal. And as that molten metal is heated, all the impurities will rise to the top. That's a lot like you and me put us into a pressure situation and pretty much anything negative in our lives is going to rise to the top. It's going to come out when we're under pressure, when we're stressed. Gold's being purified and then the goldsmith is watching it and he's, as the impurities come to the top, he scrapes that impurities off and, and he knows the gold is, is nearly it's not completely pure, it's hard to get gold completely pure. Because when it's pure, it will shine and reflect light brilliantly. Brilliantly. It'll be dazzling when light hits it. And he goes, then he can say that gold's pure. It's a lot like you and me. Genuine faith is proven by standing through opposition while reflecting the light of Jesus brilliantly. Standing through opposi- opposition while reflecting the light of Jesus. That's genuine faith. And it's a process of refinement. Sometimes we have to be put back into the fire again and again. You ever go through something again and again and you ask God why? Maybe there's something that he's trying to refine in us. And how long that process takes often depends on our willingness to yield to God's process. Now, this doesn't mean we don't have questions. It doesn't mean we, we don't ask God why when we go through opposition, when we go through trials, we go through difficulties. Dr. Alicia britt she she puts it this way. She says, Faith in Christ is not an airy substance that rests on unquestioning souls. Biblical faith is muscular thicken more through trials than through ease. See, we miss out on, on something incredible if we don't submit to the refining process of opposition in our lives. Because the thought goes like this, continuing to love and trust Jesus through times of opposition will result in our ultimate reward. continuing to love and trust jesus through times of opposition will result in our ultimate reward look at verses eight and nine with any. you love him even though you have never seen him talking about jesus though you do not see him now you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious and expressable joy the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls See, Peter wanted the early church to, to, to know that their opposition and the suffering that they were enduring had a purpose, and he was encouraging them: keep loving Jesus, keep trusting Jesus. We sang that song today: that we will trust, even though we don't understand. Are those just words we sing? Do we live them out. Peter wanted the early church's lives to be marked by joy. You see, a joy that isn't contingent on our circumstances. Peter was saying, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know the persecution's horrible. I know the opposition you're facing is, is immense. I know how hard it is. Keep loving Jesus. Keep serving Jesus. Keep trusting Jesus. Keep having the, the joy of the Lord in your heart and let that be your strength. I have a pastor friend, a dear friend, one of my best friends. And he's gone through a lot in recent years whatever I see him or whenever I talk to him on the phone and I ask him, how you doing? He says, Dave, I'm doing great because of Jesus. He's going through stuff. He's facing difficulty. I'm doing great because of Jesus. He has joy. you ever seen pictures or videos of him and I together it's, it's hilarious he has joy he's embarrassing sometimes and they're right Pastor Robin so much joy exudes from this man of God but imagine the testimony we will have when we endure opposition with joy does two things when we endure opposition with joy when we stay loving Jesus and serving Jesus and trusting Jesus with joy through opposition man it confuses the enemy the enemy's like I hit them with this and they're still happy I hit them with this they still have joy I hit them with this and they're still loving Jesus Remember when the enemy comes into God's presence and, and God says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? And everything that Job went through, he never stopped trusting God. And it confused the enemy. Another thing it does, it it attracts the attention of unbelievers. Some unbelievers, when they go through something difficult, when they face opposition in their life, it's just like getting hit with a Mack truck. But when they see a Christian stand through opposition and reflect Jesus brilliantly, What is that about them? What do they have? How can they be so full of joy? How can they be content? How can they love Jesus with everything that's happening to them? It attracts their attention. Some of our greatest witness will not be anything we say, not be anything we do, but simply by people watching us stand through opposition. Imagine the reward that we have we will have when we stand before Jesus. When our salvation is complete. I, I love this these verses. verse 9 ends the reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your souls for years there's been a debate you know is salvation immediate or is it a process you know what the answer is yes yes we come down with some um, uh, an illness and we need to go see a doctor I'll give you an example. I had an infection in my in my gum, like a, not an abscess tooth, but it was just around one of my back teeth. And and if you ever had an infection in your gum, it hurts. So I go see the doctor, and he's, oh, I'm gonna give you a shot of antibiotic. And he gave me the shot, and the antibiotic was, you know, immediately started doing its thing, but I didn't feel any different. I actually felt worse, because the shot hurt. I don't like needles. Needles hurt me. Then he gives me a prescription. Take these for five days. Antibiotics. See, our salvation, when we say yes to Jesus, we are saved. But how many here, once you said yes to Jesus and you were saved, you didn't sin anymore? I don't see any hands. You see, we've got the initial treatment. We've got the shot. But one day, when we've overcome, when we stand, when we stand before Jesus... We're going to have the final cure. Sin will be no more. It will have no more impact in our lives. It's a final cure. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This excites me. I love this passage. When we endure the necessity of opposition with the right attitude and heart, God's Holy Spirit will reveal to us that it is an awesome privilege to be in a position worthy of opposition. It is an awesome privilege to be in a position worthy of opposition. Look with me the verses 10-12. Peter writes, this salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. They were told, uh, and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit and sent from heaven. It is also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Peter is revealing a truth in these two verses that I don't think the early church realized. And I'm equally convinced that He's revealing a truth that I don't think the church of today realizes. He's talking about the prophets and the angels. Think with me for a moment. The prophets, great men of God. Let's say that uh, a prophet that spoke a lot about the coming Messiah, Isaiah. Imagine with me that all of a sudden, poof, Isaiah is standing right here. Now after everybody stopped screaming and trying to run out of the room, imagine Isaiah looking at you as believers. What would Isaiah say to you? He would say, you're privileged. You're privileged. Don't you realize what you have? You're privileged. I wrote at great lengths about the coming Messiah. But I never got the meeting. I never had the opportunity to have a relationship with him. You're privileged. Yeah, you're going through difficult things. Yes, you're facing opposition. But because of your relationship with Jesus, you're privileged. Now imagine over here, poof, the angel Gabriel appears. Again, when you stop screaming and trying to run away. I had a woman told me that, she told me one time, she said, I never want to see a... A, a drastic healing because it would scare me too much. But imagine Gabriel appears. Gabriel the Archangel. He would look at you and he'd say, you're privileged. Don't you realize what you have? Where do angels chiefly reside? In heaven. Around the throne room of God. They see God every day. They see Jesus every day. Seeing. Worshiping. But they don't have something that you have as a believer. Angels are servant beings created to serve God they don't have a relationship with Jesus. So on your worst day, in your worst opposition, Gabriel would say, you're privileged. And I think he'd say, I would give anything to trade places with you. would give anything to trade places with you. That's why Peter says the prophets searched intently. That's why he said the angels, they, they, they're watching intently. All this happened. Because they're saying, as horrific as some of the things that we've faced in our lives are I've come to a place where I can say God thank you for the privilege of being worthy get up tomorrow morning, look in the mirror and say this to yourself. My greatest opportunities are behind my greatest opposition. I can face opposition with hope. The amount of my faith determines the amount of my protection. Opposition will refine my faith. I will continue to love and trust Jesus no matter the opposition, and I will be rewarded. And finally, God, thank you for a position worthy of opposition. In a moment, I'm going to pray that these altars are open. Maybe you're facing some opposition in your life. Maybe you need to spend a few minutes in prayer talking to the one who's desiring to use that opposition to refine you. Maybe you've been facing opposition and the Holy Spirit has put a check in your heart about your attitude. See, we humans, we're, this might be news to some of you, but we're often very stubborn. And we'll just put our head down and we'll just bear it. I'm going to stand. a difference between standing in the flesh and standing and reflecting the light of Jesus. How's your attitude? when you're facing opposition. We're not going to wait long, but if, if you need to spend some time in prayer, asking God strengthen your faith. I help you stand in opposition while reflecting the light of Jesus. God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. Thank you, Lord, that you are able And those watching online, I, I pray, Lord God, that right now, no matter what they're going through, what, no matter what opposition they're facing, I pray that you would use it for your glory. That, Lord, they would walk through it and stand through it with the attitude and the mindset. Reflects your love, your light. And I pray that their witness while standing would speak to hearts and draw people to you, Jesus. Father God, I pray you'd watch over them and you would protect each one through their faith May their faith activate your power in their lives in a real and powerful way that they've never seen before. up as we stand.